Let's continue our daily Bible reading for this Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, 2-22-22, and we are on the prophet Micah now in the sixth chapter. If you've been following with us so far, we've noted that in, in chapters four and five, God kind of looks to the future and says, um, if you will return to me, if you will repent, <clears throat> this is what I have planned for you. This is salvation I want to give to you. This is the forgiveness that I'll give to you. And then you'll have then you'll have um, a victory over, over your enemy, most importantly, the enemy of death and, and hell and Satan's power over you. But now in chapter 6, he comes back to the present time. He says, but now look at the situation that you're in and look at what you're doing. Um, God, um, in, in the start of chapter 6, he, he makes up kind of a mock trial, if you will. He calls the mountains and, the, and creation to, to call out the, the things that the people have done. Um, and, and all of the, the mountains and all of God's creation are something that's solid, and, and they see everything just as God sees everything that we do. We can't hide anything from God. And, and when it comes to that, um, we're as guilty as sin. We can hide things from ourselves sometimes. We can hide things from each other sometimes, but you can't hide it from God. In the court of God, we are found guilty. And then he goes on in verse 3 to say, you know, but what else more could I have done for you? Look at how I saved you, God says. Look at how I, I reached out to grab. He gives examples of taking them out of Egypt, um, of uh, releasing him from other kings and, and things like that. You and I would say uh, what, it, what it causes us to do is remind us again of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is how much God loves you. This is how far God is willing to go for you. This is how, how desperately uh, passionate God is about your salvation. He wants that. But here it goes. Um, then you go to verse 6, and, and now instead of God talking, this is us saying, if you will, or God's people, or the people saying to him, but God, what is it that you require of us? As if there's something we can do to pay for God's salvation, something we can do to pay for our forgiveness or to win heaven for ourselves. And notice with each one of them, it's a, it's a question, and, and each one of them goes with, the, with a little bit higher, a little bit greater thing. And, and the answer, of course, to all of them is there is nothing you and I can do to save ourselves. We are saved by grace through faith as a gift from God. But kind of a hint towards it, and, and, and look at that last question he asked. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? Now, what does that make you think of? Someone whose firstborn son was sacrificed on a cross. The firstborn son of Mary is the only way that, that uh, the price for our sin can be paid for. And God did it by sending his only son into the world to be born of Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, to be born of Mary, and to offer his life for us. That firstborn reminds us of the, of the example of where, where God in Exodus with, uh, with the pharaohs, when God said in the last plague, um, if you don't put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, I will take the firstborn of every one of your sons and your children and, and all of that. And Jesus is that sacrifice on our behalf. That blood that they put on the doorposts of their houses was a reminder of the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us. God's firstborn son, Mary's firstborn son, was sacrificed for us. And because of that, we have salvation. God is the only one that can make us right with himself. He's the only one that can win forgiveness for us. And by golly, he did it for us in his son, Jesus Christ. But then it ends with, uh, in verse 8, where um, he has told you, old man, what is good. Now, he isn't saying this, that this is going to save you, because the things he talks about that are good are things that you and I don't always do. He says, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. 
Now, that for sure is the life that we ought to live. If you were with us last Sunday and we're reading from Luke chapter 6, Jesus describes the Christian life, the, the walk and life of the one who has been saved by God, who knows the forgiveness of God, should look like someone who loves their enemies, who does good to those who persecute them, who forgives, um, who is giving of, of what he has, the tunic, the, the, the cape, the coat, and all of that. That's the kind of life we ought to live. But that doesn't save us. It only could if we could do that perfectly, but we don't. And so the last one, to walk humbly with God, means to us too walk humbly and repent to God that we have fallen short and put ourselves at the feet of a gracious God whose son died for us and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Does that remind you of someone that Jesus talked about in the, um, uh, in the parable of the, uh, the, the man who was in the corner uh, saying on his, on his knees, beating his chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, as opposed to the Pharisee who was standing there and saying, God, uh, um, I'm such a great person. I've done so many good things. So again, it just brings us back to the cycle of, of I sin, I confess to God, I repent to God, and God forgives. And that's a wonderful, uh, that's a wonderful cycle. Because God brings up then in verse 9, here's what's actually happening. The voice of God cries out to the city, look at the injustices that you're doing. Look at the ways you're taking advantage of people. Look at the wickedness that's, that's happening. And God promises uh, in verse 9, he says, here of the rod, God is going to come to punish with the rod. Now, the rod isn't necessarily a bad thing. The 23rd Psalm says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, your punishment of me wakes me up and turns me back to you, just as we punish our children because we love them, because we can't stand to let them go in the direction that they're going, because we know where that's going to take them. So God punishes those he loves. If he didn't punish us, he wouldn't love us. And, and that comes out of his love. But then as you go on, um, God says in verse 13, Therefore I strike you with a grievous blow, making you desolate because of your sins. And God will continue to try to wake them up. He says, you're going to have things to eat, but you're never going to be satisfied. If you're just focused on yourself, if you're just focused on what you want, um, if you're not living a life of walking humbly with your God and of doing justice and loving kindness, so it's the same about what you sow, you're not going to reap it. Because um, he says, verse 16, he sums it up and he says, because you've been listening the statutes to the statutes and directions of your, of your false deceiving kings like Omri and Ahab, who were sitting against God and leading God's people to do that. And you walked in their counsel, the bad counsel of the bad kings, instead of, listen to the psalm, walking in the statutes and in the councils of God. And I pray that that's where that where the, the prophet, and, and that's what the prophet Micah wants to do, is to lead us back to listening to God. So God bless you as you continue to read. And um, um, if you have any questions at all, please uh, please shoot those back to me. Uh, responses as well. We'd love to, uh, to be able to get a conversation going. God bless you.